Mercy Hill Church. Kids are being dismissed to their area, and while they're headed back that way, I want to ask you with all sincerity of heart um, to begin praying along with me for a request. We need to hire a, a volunteer resident assistant who would live in what we call Mercy House Ministries, which right now is just the first home. And this is a home where moms whose children are being hosted by safe families, single moms, will be able to host two moms at a time. They'll live in the house and be mentored. All of this has come from two of our missional communities who felt a burden, looked at their resources, bought a home, and God's just been really gracious in, in, in the number of tens of thousands of dollars. And he's brought the resources around us, and we're starting a new ministry, but we need a resident assistant who would live there. I posted the job description to our Facebook page this morning. So if you, if you haven't liked our Facebook page, get on there, search for Mercy Hill Church, Midtown Memphis, you'll find us. Look at the job description, send it out to anyone you know and pray along with us. We're excited to open that home in January, late January of 2018. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. You'll be hearing a lot more about that over the next few weeks. The board has been busy meeting and we have a lot of work left to do, but God's been good. But pray with us. I'd even ask if you would pray daily for that request that we would see God meet it. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter eight this morning. You guys know we're going through the book of Hebrews. This is gonna be the last message um, we're gonna, it's going to be a stopping off point for a little bit. We're going to do an Advent series, and then we'll get back into it later in 2018. But Hebrews chapter 8, we're going to try to blow through this chapter this morning, all 13 verses. In setting it up, have you, any of you ever been to a formal event before? Um, and there's a special guest speaker. And someone, the MC gets up to introduce him or her, and it's like a page-long bio. And, and it's even more awkward when the guy or the gal's actually standing on stage. And it's like five minutes goes by, seven minutes. They're still reading through the bio. Anybody ever been, like, been to an event like that? Some of you are like, I grew up in church like that. What are you talking about? Oh, like every other Sunday. And you're sitting there, and, and if you grew up in church like that, and I've visited churches like that, you know, you're like, they had three choir specials. We got a guest speaker. 10-minute introduction. When are we going to get out of here? They're going to have to take a special offering for him. Like, this is going to last forever. You know? So whenever that happens, I think it's awkward. Whether it's a dinner, special event. You know, you got this 10-minute bio. And whenever that happens, there's one of two things going on. Right? So, so the first option is, you've got a really good hype man. Right? I mean, he's got everything in that bio. It's like... Uh, best of, you know, 40 under 40 uh, in this hometown. He served with donuts with dads. It's like he got everything up in that bio. He's got a really good hype man. You know, he was part of this fraternity. Or either he's got a good hype man or it's actually true. Like, have you ever heard one of those bios before and sat back and thought, how can one person accomplish all that's been accomplished in the few years that this individual has lived. When we look at chapter seven of the book of Hebrews, which we looked at last time, it was this long bio, this long introduction, this huge buildup all throughout the chapter. 
And in that chapter, if you remember, we were being introduced to Big Mel. You remember Big Mel, this mysterious high priest from the Old Testament who Abraham honored, and the writer points out how Jesus is even a better high priest than Melchizedek was? And here's the deal. Either the writer of Hebrews is a really good hype man, or Jesus is truly impressive. It's one or the other. Either he's a really good hype man, or Jesus is truly impressive. Because up to this point in this book, I don't know if you realize this or not, but we've had seven chapters simply describing who Jesus is. Wrap your minds around that. Not what he's done. Seven chapters of just who he is. And chapter eight marks this turning point for us in which the author begins to describe Yes, who Jesus is, but also what he has done. And he is impressive. And he does live up to the hype. Because Jesus has created a better way of worship than the old covenant. Jesus has created a better way of worship than the old covenant that had been practiced for 2,000 years. That, That old religious system that daily sacrifices had to be made. First for the high priest's sins and and then for the sins of the people. And if you remember back in chapter 7 and verse 19, kind of the verse that stands out, you can underline it. The problem with the law and the problem with the old system was that the law made nothing perfect. Let me say that again. The law made nothing perfect. See, the problem with religion is that it doesn't work. Religion doesn't work. Rule keeping, traditions, morality, they don't work because they don't change the human heart. They only change the outside. And Jesus talk about this all the time. He say, you wash the outside of the pot. You, you wash the outside. You're worried about the outside. It's what's on the inside that counts. See, religion doesn't go far enough. But that's where Jesus comes in because Jesus really does live up to the hype. Because Jesus created a new and a better way. And that's what we're going to look at today. The big idea is this. Jesus, and I started, I started to write this, and I originally wrote, Jesus offers a better way than religion. And I was kind of struck through that. He didn't offer a better way than religion. Like, you got to earn it, or you got to figure it out, or you got to get through the corn maze and get to the... No, Jesus is a better way than religion. We're going to see that in chapter 13. So let's, let's dive in. Verse 1. Now the point in what we're saying is this. Okay, I just want to stop right there because that's really unusual in Scripture. Just a little quick footnote. I can about guarantee you Paul didn't write the book of Hebrews. Everybody's like, I think Paul wrote Hebrews. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. You don't want to know why Paul didn't write Hebrews? Because he gives a context clue right there in chapter 8. He says, now the point in what we're saying is this. The Bible's hard to understand sometimes. And whenever the author says, I'm going to actually tell you, I'm going to give you a context clue. I'm going to summarize for you. Paul would never do that, man. Paul would just be like, just blowing through stuff. Remember? Like Peter didn't even understand some of Paul at times. Like there's one section in the scripture where Peter's like, you know, Paul, I mean, we get what we get. We just keep going, you know, because who knows? Paul's off in his own world, like way up here intellectually. And we'll struggle the rest of our lives to understand it. But in this verse one, he's saying, here's the point 
Long chapter 7. Long introduction. Long buildup. Here's the point of all the hype. We have such a high priest, one who's seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. He's saying Jesus wasn't a part of the Levites. He wasn't part of the tribe of Levites. He, he wouldn't be a priest. But he goes on and he says, they serve a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God saying, see that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. Now, Jesus is the great high priest. That's not a surprise to us. That's not news to us. We've seen that in chapter five. We've seen it in chapter seven. But the writer is gonna start unpacking what that means for us. And that's mainly what I want us to look at today. I want to jump down to verse five, though, because I think five is some of the most confusing in this section. When God gave Moses instructions to construct the tabernacle, which was this, this tent that they would carry along with them as they followed God in, in a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day, it's where the presence of God resided there in the tabernacle. When God gave Moses those instructions in Exodus 25 as to how to construct the tabernacle, God gave him a picture of what the writer of Hebrews is describing as a copy or a shadow. Now, we shouldn't think that this is a replica of what heaven's going to look like. I know Calvin addressed this in some of his writings. He said there's some guys who are trying to replicate every nail of this image, and they think that we're seeing a picture of that we can look at the tabernacle and the way in which it was set up and that we can see a picture of heaven. Well, the problem with that is that a shadow merely gives the outline or an idea of an object. The writer of Hebrews is saying this is a copy or a shadow that we see. This doesn't mean the tabernacle physically depicts heaven, but that its elements symbolize the realities of Christ's coming ministry in heaven. Let me say that again. Doesn't mean the tabernacle physically depicts heaven, but that its elements symbolize the realities of Christ's coming ministry in heaven. We're going to see his coming ministry as a high priest. If you think back to the tabernacle, you got to get in this Old Testament kind of mindset and concept. That's really hard for us to do. But if you remember anything about the tabernacle, it was set up with an inner court, and then there was a dividing wall that set the inner court apart. And in the inner court, there was the inner place, and there was the Holy of Holies, where once a year, the high priest would walk in on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and he would walk in before the Ark of the Covenant, and as God would be prepared to strike him down, it would be, only be the blood of the sacrifice that he would then use to, to cover the Ark of the Covenant where the glory of God resided. And that blood, as God looked down and saw those broken teeth, 